thank you so much, Robert, for being here. You're the first guest on the Ride MTV podcast, and uh, I'm excited to kind of talk to you. Um, you know, I like what you guys are doing over there at the Biker Bar, and you have a really awesome podcast. So for people that haven't heard it yet or seen it yet, definitely go check it out. But uh, Robert's a super cool dude and really passionate about mountain biking, and I'm just excited to kind of talk to him and learn about his story. I'm, I'm flattered you uh, chose me to be the first guy on your podcast. It can only go up from me. <laughs> well, <laughs> I figured that you having some expertise could help me out um, and just pick your brain a little bit because you do an awesome job. Like for people that haven't seen it, seriously, Roberts is one of the better ones on YouTube. And um, I just said kind of stoked to hear about his story and how he got into it and your background a little bit more. Yeah, my goal whenever I started it was really to keep it like simple. Whenever I... I I first got into podcasts not too long ago, honestly. And when I first got into them, some of the other mountain bike podcasts that I listened to, they just got too in the weeds for like, for me and my, my personal take, like, here's a perfect example. I, I just, I don't pay attention to a lot of that. And when I met you is a perfect example of it. For those of you guys that are listening, the first time I met Kyle, I was actually buying a bike from him from Craigslist. And he came and I'm like, Hey, he's like, Oh, you like riding bikes? I'm like, yeah, I ride a little bit, you know? And he's like, I'm like, how about you? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm actually a, a pro rider. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. No clue who he was. And, um, honestly, I, I really no clue who any pro rider was until I started doing YouTube and actually started meeting these guys. It's just not, I, I'm not a guy that really pays attention to that. So I don't really pay attention to a lot of like, like head tube angles and, and, and getting into those specifics, it, it just kind of like, I'm like, Oh, okay, that's great. You know? And so when I started my podcast, I really wanted to, to cater to the people that were like me that are just like, Hey, I want to like talk about bikes, keep it simple and have a good time. Yeah, no, that's cool. And I think there's a lot of people out there just like you who basically are a fan of the sport, but they don't necessarily follow it as like, you know, um, the racing and the events and even the websites, a lot of people, it's funny, you talk to them and you see them out on mountain bike ride. Oh, have you ever heard of pink bike or anything? They're like, what's that? You know? (laughs) So yeah, it's funny how we get kind of blinded a little bit, uh, thinking that everyone follows it as diehard, but there's, you know, millions of people that ride mountain bikes. Not everyone follows it like a sport. So, you know, and, and you can't help, but like fall into that, that mindset, like, now that I know more people and I am maybe more intertwined with the sport than I was before, you start to take that for granted too. You know, like I'll say somebody like, Hey, you know, Kyle Warner. And they're like, no, (laughs) who's that guy, you know? And I'll even say somebody like, Oh yeah, I talked to Hans Ray. And this is like somebody that's been around forever in the, in the bike community. And they're like, I I don't know who that dude is. Yeah, totally. (laughs) That's cool. You say somebody like Seth spike hacks and they're like, Oh yeah. I know that guy. <laughs> I know. Isn't that crazy? I thought it was cool. Like, um, I started to really see the potential of the YouTube thing a few years ago when I was at Sea Otter and, you know, there's kids like lining up for autographs for Seth and trying to find him. And I don't know, it's just cool. Like one thing I noticed is, um, coming from like the Instagram and from the racing side of it a little bit more, it's a little bit harder for people to kind of approach you. Cause they feel like they maybe don't know you as well. Whereas yeah. like when they're a fan of you on YouTube or, you know, they follow you on YouTube, um, they feel like they know you a little bit. And like, even now I would say nine, nine out of 10 times that someone says like, Oh, Hey, I've seen your stuff. It's always like, I've seen you on YouTube and it's, yeah, yeah. you know, the platform I'm the smallest on. So it's kind of funny, like how that goes. It's funny too. Cause like how you forget how well people know you. And sometimes whenever they, they come up to you, they know you very well and you don't know them at all. So it's really a, a, a different way of meeting somebody because they like, 
they know your your like your your little twitches and things that you say over <laughs> again and they they know all these stories that you've told or whatever and it's like i i i just met you like two seconds ago you know have you had so any crazy it, experiences like that yet or do you have because you've built a pretty good following since you know i first met you at least yeah you know honestly I have a really big following in Northern California. I mean, obviously, I mean, YouTube's a global platform. So yeah, there's people all over the place. But for the majority, a lot of my, my content started out and still is, you know, here locally in Northern California. So I definitely have more people here than anywhere else. And when I go ride, it, it is especially somewhere like Auburn, where, where I'm, I'm really close to and I ride a lot in. I, there's a lot of people that recognize me and it's, it's definitely not something that I took into consideration when I started, it really wasn't, um, I wasn't looking for fame, yeah. you know, but, uh, I, I don't mind it. I'm a people person. So I, I can tell like, there's a certain look that somebody gives you when they recognize you, but they don't want to talk to you because they're like a little bit shy Yeah, and, and you can see it from a mile away and it'll be like, dude, how's it going? You know? And then they're like, Oh, okay. And, They'll, they'll lo like loosen up or whatever. But I mean, even recently I had a, a lady send me a message on Instagram and she's like, um, this is going to be weird, but you met my husband today out riding and he's like such a big fan. He didn't even tell you because he was so nervous. And if you could like send him a message and tell him, Hey, that was cool or whatever, it would like make his day. You know, <laughs> and it was just like, it's just funny to have that kind of interaction with people that, um, I mean, really, when I started the channel, I think my main idea was like, I remember telling my friends, if I could make enough money to pay for one bike part that I'm going to buy anyways, it's probably worth it. Yeah. You know? And you get to and, talk uh, to all these cool people that, you know, yeah. like that you've kind of oh, discovered. Yeah, I've met so many people through the channel that it, it's just unbelievable, like the amount of people that I've met and you kind of feel like. I know whenever I would travel for work and stuff, because I don't, I don't do this full time. I, I have the regular day job. So whenever I would travel for work before, I'd go to a website like MTBR and get on the forums there and like, hey, I'm going to Idaho. I'd post in Idaho. Hey, I'm going to be in, in, you know, in this area. Does anybody want to show me around or something like that? And I'd meet people that way. And now it's just like, I just put something on Instagram and, or Patreon. And here's a bunch of people that are like, yeah, dude, let me show you. you know? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. What's been kind of the um, coolest part of doing the YouTube thing? Has it just been meeting the people or has it been getting involved with some of the brands that you work with now? Or like, what's been something that you didn't expect, you know, going into it that you've really kind of come to appreciate now that you're in it? I think the thing that I totally didn't expect is the people that reach out to you that are like, man, um, I'm going through a divorce right now and my life's freaking kind of messed up, but watching your videos make me happy, dude. Thanks for doing that. You know, and it's yeah. stuff like that where you're like, what? When did I, like, I'm like this fat guy that drinks beer and doesn't ride bikes very well. And somehow I'm like, <laughs> like, like being uh, some, something that helps people through things. That just is, it, that blows my mind. That's awesome. Know? That's really yeah. cool. Who, uh, who are some of the, your favorite guests that you've had on over the years? Hands down on the, on the biker bar. Yeah. Um, so just so people know, I have two channels. I, I just split them out. So it's the, I have the biker bar channel, which is B1KERBAR. And then I have the biker channel, which is B1KER. So the biker channel is more POV. The biker bar is obviously the podcast. Um, hands down, my favorite podcast that I've done 
is with Charlie Kelly. And he's one of the guys that basically started mountain biking and mountain biking racing. Yeah. Mountain bike hall of famer. Yeah. Yeah. And just, uh, it was, I'm, I'm a history guy for one thing, but like to talk to somebody that was there ground zero, you know, like kicking it with like these huge names in the mountain bike community. Um, like Gary Fisher was, and yeah. And yeah. Yeah. All those guys. It's just, it was really cool. Like if I could have talked to that guy for five hours, I would have, you know, that's cool. I'll throw a link in the description uh, with that video. So people can check it yeah, out. They yeah, can for sure. That's cool. Um, what was kind of one of the interesting things you learned talking to him? about the OG mountain bike days on beach hauling, hauling ass down Tam. You know, uh, honestly, I can't pull one thing out like right, right off the top of my head. Cause that one was a while ago. And honestly, I haven't listened to it in a bit, but um, I just think the whole experience of how it happened and just these guys going out there and kind of chasing after something that they were really into was, was really what made it unique. You know, if it wasn't for somebody I mean, essentially he went out there with a piece of paper and was like, Hey, we're going to start doing races. And you know, it's like, mm -hmm. it, it was just a bunch of friends and they were chasing their passion and their passion became the, this like lifelong careers for, for most of them, you know? And, um, I think that's a good thing to, to, to look at, you know, in your life in general, if there's something that you're passionate about, go after it. And if you really, I, I personally feel like if, if you're passionate about something and you give it everything that you have that you almost can't be not like not successful. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like it, it's um, I mean, if you're trying to be a rocket scientist and, and you don't know how to do like basic math, you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe you need to be a little real with yourself, but, but realistically in most things, like, I think if you put enough effort into it, you, you can, you can accomplish it. Yeah. Especially once people around you start to kind of see your passion and they want to yeah. kind of, they're drawn to that and they want to attach to that. Cause a lot of people have things that they're passionate about that they're afraid to chase. And so yeah. even like with you doing your biker bar podcast and getting that up and going, like, dude, I know how much work that takes to get that running. Yeah. And I mean, even like your set design in the back and just everything that yeah. you put into it, like a lot of people are afraid to kind of take that step and, I mean, what, what advice would you have for someone that's, you know, wanting to do something like this, maybe not even in mountain biking, but just in general? Oh man. I, I think the best advice that I got whenever I first started was just do it. Like, and that sounds so simple and cliche and it's ridiculous like that it is ad. that simple. Yeah. It's just <laughs> like, like realistically, one of the problems that I had with my channel, I actually bought the domain for biker.com years before I started my YouTube channel. And it was this whole idea of this website that I was going to do. And um, I was going to just use video, like YouTube was really only going to be so I could store the videos that I was going to put on my website. It was just like a, like a host for me, right. And um, I, I started out and then I got hung up and I stopped just because I was like a little overwhelmed with what I was doing. And I didn't do it for years. What were some of those hangups? You know, it was learning how to edit and, and kind of like just put the amount of time that you, you're going to put into something like this initially with zero return. Like you need to be like prepared for that, mm -hmm. you know? So, but realistically what, what it was that got me going was when I decided to actually just like do it, you know, and it was listening to BKXE when he was like a nobody around here, you, you know what I mean? Like, like just posting his videos on MTBR for, to get a few hundred views or something you know and he was talking about you know just going out and chasing after things and, and actually doing it 
And um, one of the other videos that I watched, I think it was Jordan Boostmaster and his video was like, number one recommendation is just make a video and put it out there. You know, and I think it's the same thing with, with the podcast, with a YouTube channel, with, with starting your, your, your business, like you, you have to take that drive and actually do it and yeah. not just sit around thinking about it. Yeah. At some point you have to execute. Yeah. Yeah. And the sooner you execute the, the easier, like that's actually the hardest part is taking that first step, like putting your first video up on YouTube is the hardest part. And then after every time after that, it just gets easier and easier. It's repetition, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, how long have you been doing this kind of like on the side now? Like, cause you said it's not your full-time thing, but how long has it been like your full-time YouTube focus? Oh, I think I've been doing this for like three years. Honestly, I kind of lost count. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's been three years. Cause it was like 2017, like January, 2017, I think is the, the first video that I put out. That's sick. And that, that was like I said, just going out there and doing it. What I did is I set my camera up. I didn't have a tripod or anything. I had a GoPro stacked on top of an empty beer can. And um, <laughs> like I sat down in my garage and I was like, I'm going to do this channel intro. And I just sat in front of the camera and I talked for like three minutes about what I wanted to do. Went upstairs, put it on, on YouTube and that was it. And then from that point, I felt committed. You know, I was like, I just put this video out there. Yeah. Like I have to something else now yeah you know? you're like i'm a man of my word yeah yeah right so then it went from there that's cool what uh what plans do you have kind of moving forward with this because i know you said you took a little break here recently was that planned or is that not no planned? see I'll, I'll tell you to, to be brutally honest um it, it's a lot of work especially when you're not like a guy that blows up overnight i'm sure i'm not saying those guys aren't working a lot too but you know when you're putting when I like my first two years, I was probably putting at least 40 to 60 hours a week into my channel, mm -hmm. you know, and I'd say at the end of the first year, I maybe made a hundred bucks. And is that what so, time is mostly spent editing and, and compiling guess, shooting yeah. and e editing, shooting, you know, whatever, like, like I, I that, that time is pr that I just said probably doesn't even count writing. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> just like, like the editing, like getting, you spend so much time on like all these little things either, either way, like at the end of that, that time, like you, you, you have to, I don't remember the point I was getting to. You have to stay motivated. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. You're just saying it's hard well, to stay on that grind for a long time. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that, that was the deal. Now I'm, now I'm, now I'm coming back. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, after putting that much effort in for that long, um, it's easy to get burned out, you know, and especially whenever I was doing a full-time job and, and all that focus on YouTube, it got to a point where I just felt like I couldn't edit anymore. Like I just kept, like, I wanted to make the content. I loved making the content. I loved everything about it, but I just couldn't force myself to do it. And that's whenever I started the biker bar podcast, because I was like, here's a way for me to stay relevant with my audience and keep, moving forward, but I can change it from, from, you know, 50 hours a week to 10 hours a week until I can like figure out what my happy balance is. And I think yeah. right now I'm, I'm at a point where I, I've kind of got that down where I can keep the personal life like realistic and like also still working on the channel. And, you know, maybe someday it, it does get to a point where I could quit my job, then I can reevaluate, you know? Yeah. No, and that's that's something that's kind of tough too is like having that toe dipped in the water but not jumping in the pool all the way. And I remember yeah. it was hard like when I was um, you know, 
I think 20 years old and I was started racing and traveling a bit more, you know, I, I had a guy at Sea Otter who was like a world cup mechanic tell me like, dude, like you're really fast. Like you should, you should try to make this happen. And I was always like, well, I'm going to work at the bike shop and I can't quit my job because I still need the income. And yeah. finally, like after talking to him and like sitting on it for a few days, I just went to the bike shop and like, dude, I need to quit. Like, I love you yeah. guys, but I need to jump in the water fully because I just have one toe in. It's never going to work out. And no, that's awesome. It's that, it's hard to do that, though. Yeah, no, it definitely is. And I think, you know, um, if I were younger and I didn't have as many financial commitments as I yeah. do at, my, at the age that I'm at now, it would be easier for me to, to make that leap. But for me right now, it's like, you know, I, I got two kids and a house and, you know, the yeah. car and all that. You know what I mean? No, so I totally like, get it like the bar is set pretty high of what I have to make. And plus I work in IT. So it's like, I have a, I have a lifestyle that I'm living. That's, that's pretty freaking comfortable. Right. Yeah. So, so I, I'd need to have a pretty big channel before I'm like, all right, <laughs> we'll, we'll go ahead and dump that thing. You know? Totally. No. And it's, yeah, it's cool. It's cool that you've been able to build it so far with, you know, what you've been doing, like you have an awesome channel and you have great guests and you're, you know, personable. And it's just fun to be able to watch that happen over the past few years. Thank you, man. That means a lot, dude. Yeah. So, um, who has been the most controversial guest you had on, if you had any? Oh man, I'm probably the most controversial <laughs> guest. <laughs> I'd say the dumbest, see my mouth works faster than my brain most of the time. So especially I get out here on these podcasts or some of my live streams when I've had too many beers and I'm just, oh Lord, I'm definitely the worst. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as, you know, going to the biker channel, uh, what are like the kind of the regions that you focus on most with that channel? Is it mostly Northern California? Or do you travel outside of there much too, or? Um, I travel here and there, you know, whenever anything comes up for work, like I've done some videos in Texas, I've done, um, then I also do, you know, wherever I'm going for fun too. So I was up in Idaho last year, I did something in Sun, Sun Valley. Mm -hmm. Um, I love going to Sedona every year for the mountain bike fest. So I, I've seen you down there. Yeah. Um, I usually do some videos there. Uh, I've had, you know, if I'm going, I went to Hawaii for a buddy's wedding. So it was like, all right, dude, I'm definitely filming while I'm there, you know, and, um, well, I so where you on. We were on Maui. Oh, so sick. it was, yeah, yeah. I know it was super fun. It was like so hot and humid. And I, there was like this monster rain monsoon storm that like had been beating up the Island for like a week before we got there. So it was just this like sloppy, sloppy mess. <laughs> and honestly, like I was riding the trail at like, like Mach five miles per hour. And uh, it, it just like, I look at the video, I'm like, that's just worthless. I'd love to go back there and ride when the conditions were actually decent, but it still was fun. And, you know, people relate to it. So that's awesome. Yeah. That place yeah. I've spent some time riding out in uh, Kauai and yeah. like, dude, the dirt out there, all that hard clay, like you just, it's like a slip and slide on a bike down the whole hill. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I mean, like you're trying to climb and you like push down the pedal too hard and it's like the wheel spins. So you're like gingerly climbing, <laughs> you know, and it's like, God forbid you put your foot on the ground when it's like moist like that. Cause you, one, you're like Bambi on the, on the pond. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any kind of bucket list places that you plan on visiting soon? Oh yes, definitely. I want to go ride in Jamaica. They have a, what they call a fat tire festival yeah, I did that. every year. Oh, you did? Yeah, it's oh my sick, God. dude. 
Oh, I, first of all, I love Jamaica. Like I'm not like a, like a, like a big pothead kind of guy or whatever, but I, uh, I just love the people there and I love the music, you know, and, and the food like, is off the chart too. Yeah. I, I think the thing that gets me the most about the place though, is like, you know, that like stereotypical, like everything's going to be all right. You know, like <laughs> that's really how they are. You know? Know. <laughs> it's, like, it's so infectious. Like every time I go, I just want to like, okay, I can sell my house and my car and I can come down here and like drive a taxi cab and I'd be happy. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, One of the coolest I, things I learned about Jamaica is, um, you know, the families are really tight there. And yeah. so when they build a house, they usually build the roof flat and then they leave rebar sticking up so that like the next yeah. generation of kids can build their house on top. So then you yeah. have like these three or four story buildings where it's like the grandparents and the parents, and the yeah, kids. Yeah. And it's pretty cool. Just like you just see all the rebar sticking out of the tops of houses and you're like, Oh, that's yeah. for like the future generation. Yeah. And everything, they take their time on everything. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's funny that <laughs> one of the bus companies there is called shitty bus company. <laughs> so like there's this shitty bus stops everywhere. <laughs> you're like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, so once I found out they had that mountain biking festival down there, I was like, dude, I have to do this, man. I really have to do this. Yeah, it's worth every penny. It was about probably the best trip, like bucket list trip I've ever done was that uh, Fat oh, Tire Fest. Awesome. Yeah, it was amazing. And Jonathan and Andy and all the guys down there are so badass. Like, Yeah, I'd like to get them on my podcast. I've reached out to them a few times and they're like, who is this dude? I'll, I'll <laughs> connect you guys if you want because yeah, yeah, they're dude, cool. Sh- sh- yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be super cool. Yeah. Um, that'd be awesome though. So Jamaica is the one for you. That's definitely the biggest one for me. It's really hard for me not to interview you. No, you can ask <laughs> me time, questions, dude. I don't care. No, I mean, it's just like every time I get on a podcast, I'm like, ah, like it just turned, like it turns back on for me. So I'm like on somebody else's, I'm like, I'm ready to start drilling them with all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can go for it. I mean, we're just BSing. So it's yeah. Yeah. Up. Where's your bucket list at, man? Oh, dude, I would say... You know where I really want to go is I want to go to the Himalayas, um, oh, like yeah. into Nepal or something, and just do something a little bit more backcountry, like yeah. and just do a multi-day trip. That's kind of something that I'd love to do for sure. That'd be pretty sick. You know what else I think would be really cool? And this is this is like one of those, I don't even know if I actually would ever do it, but something like, uh, have you ever watched that documentary, documentary, Ride the Divide? Oh, with um, uh, the girl, what's her name? Um, Rebecca Rush? Some I'm not exactly sure, but they ride basically from Canada to Mexico. Oh, okay. Along the Continental Divide, and it's totally like unsupported, and you just have to like figure it out, right? And uh, I think doing some like epic kind of ride like that, you know, like where people on road bikes like ride coast to coast. Yeah. You know, like even even something like that, like to me would be like, I feel like that would be really like one of those like really like soul defining kind of trips where you just come out of it with like this zen kind of feeling you know yeah i totally agree another one that i really want to do is um i want to ride out into like the desert outside in texas where it's like the darkest sky in the u.s and Mm -hmm. i think it'd just be cool to be able to see the galaxy and see the stars like that and just like totally i don't know just totally self-sufficient and just do that because you know most people that live in cities like myself included like i've never seen a real true night sky like that yeah, it's pretty crazy when you get out out in the middle of nowhere like that. How much how much more is up in the sky, you know? Yeah, I saw a cool time lapse of like a guy. He filmed a you know a cargo boat going across the ocean. It's like a uh-huh. time lapse for thirty days, and it's pretty cool to see what they what they see on the ship. 
You know, I wonder how much of that though is like post-processing though too, because like it, your camera can pick up so much more than- Than you can. But you can see with the eye, you know? So all they do is tweak a couple of things and then all of a sudden it's like, boom, the Milky Way's there. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? So, totally. Yeah. Um, what are your plans, you know, moving forward with Biker Bar? Cause now you're back, you're, you know, in full force again. Yeah, man, I'm I'm really trying to step it up this season. So and basically I'm calling it a season. Like that's my code for like, I took a break. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, I just um, really trying to pick it up. And, and last time I was, like I said earlier, I was kind of doing it just to keep my head above water. And this time I'm doing it more to like, really like see where the potential of the podcast is and like really do it in a much more thorough manner, you know? Cause you're just saying you're kind of doing it to try to support the biker channel. Yeah. And just to like, keep myself from quitting doing YouTube altogether at the time. Like I was just burned out, you know, and I, I wanted to, I didn't want to just go away, you know, completely. Cause I felt like if I did that and came back, it would be harder than if I was like staying relevant somehow. Yeah, You, you know what I mean? So, um, so this time I'm like, definitely like really cleaned up the the look of the podcast and it definitely has like way more of a professional look to it that way um being a little bit more diligent about you know wearing headphones and making sure my audio is really good and stuff <laughs> like that and then uh um i'm also doing the full podcast which is typically about two hours and then during the week i'm pulling out clips of the conversation and then posting them as well so that's awesome yeah, yeah, it's been working out well because it's getting people that don't necessarily want to listen to two hours, they, they get that like quick little like bite of it. And maybe some of them then do go listen to the whole thing. Yeah, that's how I operate a lot. It's, you know, you have to kind of yeah. test and see if you like the dynamic of the podcast and you find some cool yeah, clips. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's smart. I, I always go back to like, like whenever I find a podcast I like, I like go back to the very first one and I wish I could break that habit because a lot of times the people's very first podcast, that was them just jumping in the pool. Right. You know? and, and so it's like, they're kind of like ate up a little bit until they get the swing of it, you know? So I, I, I need to like on some, some podcasts like, like mine, not do that. Just jump in where they're at. And then if you really, really like it, go back and listen to it. Just know it's not going to be as good. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. Well, no, I'm, I'm super stoked that you came on and, you know, just kind of talked with me a little bit because I'm just kind of trying to do the same thing and get started. And, you know, with everything going on right now, we don't know how many events are going to be. And it's hard being an athlete, quote unquote, because there's not yeah, a whole yeah. lot to do. So yeah, totally. I definitely learned I'm a non-essential employee for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but how's it been for you the past, you know, couple months? You know, honestly, my life hasn't changed too much. Um, I'm I'm still, you know, working, except for I'm working from home instead of working, you know, at the office. I'm still riding bike just as much as I did before. I just have to like park in different areas, and maybe some of the parks that I used to ride in all the time are closed. So it's like some of the trails I'm riding are the same ones over and over again. But I'm still getting out there, still having a good time. And as far as um, the channel goes, like. I've been able to like make content that I want to make and stuff. So it hasn't been too bad for me. That's cool. Yeah. If I do a little rapid fire, a couple questions, would you be down? Yeah, you can do whatever you want, man. All right. So I want to ask you for someone just jumping into the YouTube thing, what has been the most helpful tip that you've learned as far as like getting your videos seen like SEO or tagging or just what's the thing that you've learned the most on that end? 
it's probably a thumbnail. You have to, you have to have a good thumbnail. And if you don't, it just, people just won't click on it. Like that's your one opportunity. You got, you got three seconds of them scrolling through a list of videos and there has to be something on that thumbnail that intrigues them to click it. And what I, I wasn't, I wasn't good at it for a long time. I, I feel like I'm still struggling, but like, it's definitely the thing. Yeah. And are you just learning kind of as you go through Photoshop and all that stuff? Or if you, do you have a background in that? Um, I have a background with like some kind of graphic design stuff just because I did web web sites and stuff like that for a while. But um, I think that what I'm talking about is like having a picture that tells enough of a story for that one second, you know, that somebody's looking at it, putting the right words on there, not using graphics that are like super corny looking or you, you know what I mean? Like you, you have that one moment like to capture somebody that's the most important part of it. You know, that's cool. That's really good to know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and then what has been the most challenging thing that you've encountered doing podcasting? Doing podcasting, probably um, audio with, with people that are um, just all over the place, you know, you never know what you're going to get. So maybe they're sitting in a hotel room and they have, you know, just this old funky pair of headphones that came with their, you know, iPhone two that they got years ago or something like that, you know, or the internet's bad. I mean, I, I was out here one night having a podcast with somebody that I was really stoked about and my freaking power went out. Cause like the power went out, you know, I was like, wow, I didn't think about that happening. You know? <laughs> like, what do I do? You know, <laughs> like over the week, just my last one, I was on with a single track sampler. I, I, as I looked at it, I don't think people really caught what was going on, but there was, there was some, some, uh, bandwidth issues that were going on. And I thought it was him at first. And then I like, I'm talking to him, trying to have the conversation. I'm texting the people inside the house. Like, are you guys all like downloading something right now? Or like, what's going on? You know? And, so it's just the, the, uh, the unknowns. <laughs> That's funny. And, uh, yeah. what bike are you riding right now? I am primarily riding, uh, Santa Cruz Bronson and I have, uh, Santa Cruz chameleon that I just did a video on, but at the end of the video, I told everybody that I just sold it. Mm -hmm. So the new bike is kind of a surprise secret. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Another hardtail though. It is definitely a hardtail. Okay. I am, um, man, I've been loving riding that thing. Like it's just, it, it just changes your trails so much. Yeah, it does. It can have like a full blue trail that turns into a triple black. <laughs> like, oh yeah, my God. Yeah. I always tell people it's like, like when you first start night riding, it's like a trail that you've ridden a million times, you know, every rock on it. But once you ride at night or you change it to a hard tail, like it's, it's a totally new trail. You're, you're riding it completely different. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and then kind of to wrap it up, do you have any brands that you're working with right now that you just want to throw a shout out to? I see your PNW shirt on there. Oh man, you know, I, I am fortunate enough to have a bunch of different brands that um I try out their products and stuff like that. So there's not really anybody that's like sponsoring me, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But um definitely every every brand that that you probably see me wearing is all ones that I, I'm I'm super stoked about. I think this hat that I'm wearing right now is a company called Original Free Range. And they make this strap that's like bigger than like a strap that you would hold your, your tube and stuff on. And the strap like wraps around the frame in a way that you can open up the strap and it's still wrapped on the frame. Mm -hmm. 
So you can put an extra bottle, water bottle on your, on your bike. Oh, that's so cool. Like, so like with my Bronson, like it only has one cage, so I can put another bottle now on the bottom. And they also sell this, like, it's like made out of the same stuff as like scuba gear, like the neoprene. So they have like this little cap, you know, uh, I think, well, first of all, here's one of the straps for those of you guys that are, are listening. It's, it's about. I don't know, almost three inches wide instead of like the about an inch that you would have normally. And then I don't have the other thing, but it's like a little, little, like a hat almost. You stick on top of your water bottle. And man, that's really like changed it up for me because like I, I, I dig not having a camelback. I dig not having a, a hip pack and being able to just like put some extra water on. And that thing is like super secure. Like I'm, I'm really amped about it. When I first saw it, I was like, this is awesome. That's sick. Yeah. So original free range, check them out. Cool. <laughs> well, um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on for a minute and, uh, just kind of chatting. If you have anything else you want to touch base on, we totally can. And if not, then, uh, I, yeah, I really appreciate you being here. Yeah, man. I appreciate you having me on the show as well, dude. I, I'm, I'm down to talk to whatever you want to talk about, but if, if we're signing out, you know, I have to always say on my channel, I always say it only takes a bike to be a biker. So get out and be one. <laughs> that's awesome well thank you so much robert i really appreciate it and uh for anyone that wants to follow you you're at biker bar and biker correct and is that on all yeah. the all the social media channels as well yeah if you search biker b1ker you'll you'll find them all but biker.com also is my website so there's links to all the social and stuff on there sick all right yeah well thank you so much uh keep up all the good work and hopefully we can get together again soon sweet thanks dude yeah